Welcome to the Resilient Mind Podcast. I'm Sam Bowler, and I'll be your co-host along with my wife, Natalie. Natalie is a licensed professional counselor in Nashville, Tennessee. She works primarily with survivors of complex trauma and specializes in dissociative disorders. The Resilient Mind is a platform for us and our guests to play our part in the bigger conversation around mental health. Specifically, we would like to raise awareness and understanding of complex trauma and dissociative disorders. So, whether you're a survivor yourself or you just stumbled upon this podcast, welcome to the conversation. We're glad you're here. Welcome to the Resilient Mind Podcast. In today's episode, Natalie is going to talk briefly about chronic shame. So I'm just going to um, model being human and say that I um, have been feeling really tired today. And um, also the, I don't even know how to explain this because I don't do all of this technical stuff, but basically something broke and we only have the ability to use one mic at a time. So I'm just going to model humanness in saying that and also to say that I spent Thursday, Friday, and Saturday in a conference for group practice owners and um, I learned a lot and it was wonderful but because of that I'm feeling extra tired and so I'm going to talk briefly on the podcast today. So a issue that trauma survivors often struggle with is chronic shame. And I think we've talked about that before here on the podcast. But lately, um, something that I've been talking about is the role of the inner critic in chronic shame. And I've been taking this online training with Kathy Steele, and it's been great. There's been um, part on chronic shame and then also part on the inner critic. So I'm going to share some of how I am working with clients with that. So I think um, oftentimes when you are experiencing shame, you may not even know that you're feeling shame and the word shame may actually feel triggering. So the first thing that you want to realize is um, when you are feeling shame, almost like to notice when you're having a shame attack, which is basically when you are feeling a lot of negative thoughts, maybe your thoughts are racing and they're all about yourself, like people don't like you, nobody understands you, there's something wrong with you, those kind of thoughts are running through your head and you may feel really heavy in your body or I've also had people describe feeling um, kind of tingly and um, kind of like fuzzy in the head. So if you think about when something happens and you feel really embarrassed and maybe like you almost feel out of body a little bit, I think shame can feel like that as well. Um, I think sometimes posture can be pretty collapsed. So I think noticing when you are in a shame attack is really important. And then I think another thing that's that would be helpful to do next is to try and use some sort of grounding or orienting to your present environment 
would probably be helpful. Um, once you have done that, I think like in terms of working with the inner critic, so the inner critic is that part of you that says all those negative thoughts to you. And then the part that feels criticized is the part of you that feels shame, feels heavy, feels all of the really, you know, just like gross, yuck feelings that we all know that come with chronic shame. And you want to start to ask the inner critic, maybe notice that the inner critic is there and start to ask inside, what is the fear that the inner critic is trying to protect me from? And there's a lot of different fears that could come up in regards to that. So it might be a fear of not being accepted by other people. It might be a fear of not getting it right or not doing it right or not being good enough. It might be a fear that, you know, if you get too close to somebody that they're going to hurt you. So the inner critic may shame you to create some space and distance. So those are some reasons why there may be fear and that's not all encompassing. There may be others as well. Um, I think also notice that that fear is sometimes rooted in childhood trauma. So for example, if you feel like you are going to get in trouble, um, and I think that idea of getting in trouble is something that a lot of trauma survivors feel, um, that is also a childlike fear. So most of us as adults We're not really going to get in trouble at work or get in trouble in a relationship or get in trouble in a partnership. Really, the only time I think we really want to consider getting in trouble is if we're considering breaking the law. Then maybe that fear of getting in trouble might be valid. And so noticing that it is likely tied to childhood trauma you've experienced. Um, And then once you have done that, find some way to try and remedy the shame experience. So I'm going to talk through some of what that looks like. I will say I think if you're looking for any books on shame, anything by Brene Brown is great. Um, I do think there are some people that might have trouble using some of the things that she recommends. Like if your shame is really, really intense and if you tend to dissociate pretty chronically. So some other things to think about are, you know, for people who grew up with childhood trauma where they got in trouble for, you know, doing, making a mistake or doing something wrong and the the punishment was severe or if there was verbal shaming or if you were ignored, that could be a reason that the inner critic gets really, really loud. Another reason may be it's possible for some of you that you weren't even really treated as human and you were punished and hurt just for being there. And so, of course, um, in order to protect you, the inner critic gets really, really loud to try and prevent some of that harm from happening. And sometimes the inner critic is not aware that you have grown all the way up and that maybe the same danger is not lurking around the corner. 
but maybe the inner critic fears that you could get hurt again. And I think the truth is we are going to make mistakes. We are going to fail at things. Or I think um, I like to think of it as not so much failing, but maybe stumbling or things not working out the way you had wanted to. And so I think it's really important to remember that it is okay to be human, to make mistakes. I know that is a part of what I needed to realize in my life to recover from chronic shame is that it's okay to be human. And so I find myself still every day um, making mistakes and being able to give myself uh, grace and compassion and just say, oh, yeah, everybody makes mistakes. I'm human. I can't be perfect. And being perfect is a lot of pressure. So um, I think there's a lot of relief when you find that you don't have to be perfect anymore. I think another thing that helps with chronic shame is if you start to have something that you feel passionate about or something that you're good at. And so I think that's extremely important um, because otherwise I think we feel a lack of fulfillment, a lack of purpose. And so finding some sort of passion or purpose I think helps with chronic shame. And again, adding in there that whatever your passion is or whatever you're good at, you're still not going to do it perfect every time. Um, And some of this stuff is coming from the training I've been doing with Kathy Steele. And so I think something else is um, we need to be able to develop an accurate representation of how other people view you. So a lot of people who have experienced trauma think that people view them in a much more negative way than they actually do. And so, for example, um, if you get really anxious in social situations and you feel like, everybody's looking at you, everybody doesn't like you, nobody wants you there, people think you're weird or there's something wrong with you, and maybe people actually really like you. And so I think it is important to be able to develop an accurate representation of how you are seen by others. Um, And your inner critic is not going to want to accept positive feedback. It's probably going to say, oh, well, if you really knew me, then you wouldn't like me. And so I think, again, being able to take in positive feedback and accept that is really important as well because a lot of times people who have complex trauma will push away any sort of positive feedback. And if there's one negative bit of feedback, you know, people will take that in and believe that to be true of them. So I think the caveat here is that you don't want to take in the feedback of people who are dysfunctional or not very healthy. So if you do have people who are bullying you or saying cruel things to you, those are not necessarily accurate representations of how people feel about you. And you might look at how that person treats other people and gauge whether that is something that is part of who they are um, 
or if it's something in regards to you. So I think there may be times in certain situations where we are able to change our behavior because we are doing something wrong. That doesn't mean we have to go into a shame spiral. Um, I think that we can identify where we can improve um, and change. I think to go back to taking positive feedback in, I think it's important to both be able to receive compassion from other people and also to have self-compassion for yourself. And this can be really hard, but to notice, you know, to go back to the fear of the inner critic and to look at why is the inner critic so afraid? And then when you figure that out, how can you have compassion for that fear or compassion for the childhood experience that caused fear, which would then allow you to be more gentle with yourself? And then finally, um, I think this part is probably the most important, and that's just from my perspective, but just to notice that everybody, each and every one of us, is worthy of dignity and respect. And so I think, again, to go back to maybe some people were not treated even as humans, let alone children growing up. And so just know that each of you are worthy of dignity. And that's all we have today. So thank you for listening and we'll be back next week.